Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 15 of the Game Gravy Rewind podcast. Here tonight, we got Anthony and Mr. Michael. Hey, what's up? And later on this evening, we'll be joined by Jeffrey after the break. Um, but we're going to kick off of, like we always do with what we've been playing. So uh, we're going to start with Mike. Cool. Um, I will talk about one of the games I've been playing on PC um, and Steam. It's called Rollers of the Realm, and it is a pinball RPG by Atlas. Yeah, let that sink in a bit. It's a pinball is Atlas RPG. the um <laughs> is Atlas the publisher or are they also the developer? Uh, they're the publisher. Um, you know what? It's really bad. I've been just, I just jumped right into the game. I didn't actually read too much into it, so um, I haven't started the review yet because I'm playing. I will look into who actually developed it. Okay, that's fine. I, I'm I was just curious if they if they were behind the development team as I, well. I'm not actually sure, so that's a good question. Um, but. It's quite a unique game, um, I will tell you that much. I'm going to actually look it up right now just because you had me, you know. It's called Phantom, <laughs> well, while you're Phantom looking Compass, it, so developed okay. it. Okay. Um, well, so I got a couple of questions before you go into it. Sure. Um, it, it. Is there a lot of like different stages, or does a lot of it take place on one stage? Um, no, it's it's actually set up quite cool. I mean, it's, it's set up in different stages, and you progress through these stages through the use of playing pinball so for example you start off outside the city and you see your characters so you you actually see your representation of characters and then you see a a pinball representation and they're textured in a certain way for instance your dog may be a brown textured ball and you if you're wearing like a blue shirt is like a blue shirt ball um so it's kind of cool, and, like, guards are, like, a metallic, like, iron-looking ball, and you, they, like, have, like, a texture of, like, metal plates and stuff like that. So um, it's pretty it's pretty interesting the way they lay it out. I was had zero idea on how they were going to do that because I was like, all right, it's an RPG and a pinball game. How is this going to work? This is either going to be a disaster or it's going to be very badass. And so far, it's, <laughs> it's been very badass. <laughs> I've been having a blast with it. So um, in order to progress through stages, though, you have to finish an objective. Um, so, for instance, when you first start off, you have to distract the guards. So you'd be hitting pinballs, knocking over things, and when the guards look the other way, you can hit them with a ball, and then the sewer grate will open, and then you hit your ball into the sewer grate, and then that will progress to the next level. How are the uh, mechanics? Are they online with the uh, Zen pinball games? Um, You know... They, they're they unique because I was using the Xbox 360 controller as a controller. I would imagine it's very difficult doing it on the PC. I did play it a little bit, and I was like, you know what? I'm going back to the controller. So you can use the left analog to move the ball left and right, and you'll need to do that. For instance, when you're in the sewer, there's little passages, and you can keep hitting the ball, but if you hit left, you get that extra jerk into the ball that you need to, to go down another passage and that momentum. So it's kind of cool. You have some some control over what the ball does and where it goes. Um, That's cool. Is there kind of like bonus level areas? Yes. So there are things like, for instance, there's a key hidden in one of the levels that you can see, and you have to like finagle your way into getting it and moving the ball over so that you can unlock a chest that will unlock extra goodies or unlock a separate area so you can find extra uh, pickups and stuff like that. And when you when you unlock extra coins and, and, and points, you can actually purchase things like upgraded armor and weapons and um and 
and items that will up your your stats, just like an RPG. Nice, very nice. Yeah. So and it's so how does the level progression work? What do you mean? Like the stage pr- progression. Well, I mean, for instance, you go from like outdoors to indoors to different layers within the city. It, it looks very natural and it feels natural. You wouldn't gotcha. actually think. Is there like, well, is there like different acts? That's like what I'm kind of asking. Like, is yeah, it, it's yeah, like there's one different, table there's different and then acts. You move. It's an actual story. There's dialogue. There's okay. voice acting and everything like that. It's not like a pinball table. It's nothing like a pinball table. I mean, it, gotcha. it is, but it's designed in a way where you're actually looking like a top-down. It looks like a third-person RPG, except you don't get to run around. You're navigating the level through the use of playing um, pinball, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it, it, have you ever played – there's this pinball game on the GameCube called Odama. Have you ever had a chance to play that? No, I don't. I haven't, no. It, it sounds like it'd be kind of similar to what what's going on here, except like that one took place in like a ancient like feudal Japan. Oh, okay. and interesting. Yeah, it used like samurais and like uh, like you know Japanese armies and stuff. But like the the game was played on with the bongos on the Wii, or not the Wii, but the GameCube. Oh. So it was um yeah, it was kind of cool. So like your flipper was like the the left and right bongo, and then like you would clap to. I forget what clapping did, but it did something. It did some kind of like different effect on it. So like it had the microphone built in. But um, yeah, it's been a while since I played it. But it was actually a really cool idea. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty unique. You don't see many games doing this. And um, it... oh, actually, I know what it was. It wasn't clapping. You you would you could command your troops, tell them to move left or right. So oh. as the ball as as the pinballs coming down, you could say like uh, left or right, and and they they would move. That that's what it did. I, now I remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they, it had some pretty cool mechanics in it. But yeah, um, yeah, the Rollers of the Realm is a pretty fun game, and I definitely de- definitely recommend checking out. It's for uh, PC, PS4, PS Vita. Um, you know, it's kind of it's a cross buy type of. Do deal. you know how much it was on PS4? Because I was thinking about picking it up. Um, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. You're hitting me with questions I don't know. Man, I'm, ask, I'm asking the sheet. tough ones tonight. Huh? I know. <laughs> I have to look at my press sheet because I don't have that handy right now. So Okay, that's fine. But, yeah. <laughs> it's a very in-depth so game, been... and it's worth it, I feel like. So. Yeah. Is that all you've been playing this week? Um, No, I've been playing um, World of Warcraft, which we'll talk about later. Okay, so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll jump about, in then. We played some Mario Kart too, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, later. we'll talk. We'll talk about Mario Kart and we'll talk about World of Warcraft in our news later on. Um, so I'll, I'll go over what I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing the Swapper from Curve Digital and Facepalm Games, and this game originally came out on PC and then it was ported to a lot of the Sony systems. I think it, I want to say PS4 and Vita both had it, um, but now it's finally made its way over to the Wii U. One of the one of the unique things about the Wii U version um, that I noticed right away was the touch screen will display a map. So um, the game kind of like it, it reminds me a lot of the original Metroid game, just in environment and atmosphere. It it'll, it reminds me of Metroid because you're mm-hmm. you're alone in the space station planet thing, and you're kind of trying to figure out why you're alone there. So it has like some ambient music, which is really good, and. Um, you're, you're, you're making your way through areas. Now, you progress kind of like Super Metroid as well, where you you get to a certain point and you're, you can't go any further than that point until you figure out 
you know, these puzzles to get these orbs, which will allow you to give power to an elevator or give power to a door to open it up. So it kind of keeps you in a, in like a a linear line, mm-hmm. but it you know linear story progression. But it it also gives you the freedom to kind of solve the puzzles at will because there'll be like four orbs in one area, so you can go into the you it, can go it, find whatever four you want. It gives me a heavy feeling well, of the fall. When I look at the graphics, just just aesthetically, it looks like the fall. Other than that, it it the story and the gameplay really has nothing to do with like how the fall is. Okay, it's just just the fact that you're kind of in the spacesuit with the flashlights about the end of where the similarities lie. Okay, (laughs) yeah, I was gonna say like I mean yeah I mean is in place where you know. It just feels. Yeah, like- I mean, when I first saw it too, and I was going to review it, I was like, I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, it looks like the fall, I, because it's obvious. I mean, you, you're looking at a guy in a spacesuit with a flashlight, and yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of your character. That would be like, that would be like playing a game like Donkey Kong Country, and then there's another game that came out that was a 2D platformer that had a you know a monkey or an ape as the star too, and you'd be like, okay, it's like Donkey Kong. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Whereas the characters look very similar, but the gameplay styles and the genres are completely different. Well, not completely different. They're both puzzle games, but different kind of puzzle and games. And they're platformers too, right? Yeah. Well, the, and the way the swapper puzzles work, whereas the fall was more of a point-and-click adventure, mm-hmm. the puzzles in in the swapper are are a lot different. They they have to do with cloning yourself. So uh. you can clone yourself up to four different times, and then when once you clone yourself, what happens is that clone will mock everything you do. So when you have four clones out on the screen, they they're gonna move exactly the way you're gonna move. So you kind of have to like set them up to walk into walls to, so they stop on switches and stuff like that, so they can't go any further. Um, they'll also jump when you jump. Now that they also mix it up and make it a lot more difficult later on because you're you also have the ability to switch your main focus between the clones so i guess you can move your spirit or whatever you want to call it between the clones Mm -hmm. by using the like zr will will um clone you and then zl will swap swap you out um so you can you can hold down the zr button to slow down time though and then use the zl to shoot yourself in in slow motion to the other things so that plays at, at I think so. Yeah, so as you're falling, that plays that plays into it too, using the slow motion, because you can clone yourself on a cliff as you're falling, and then shoot yourself to the clone. So like that, that that's definitely you know an an interesting take on it. Then they also add in these lights that you can't um, you can't shoot the the swapper into. Like one of them like takes away the ability to make a clone, and then the other color one's red and one's blue, and the other color light takes away the ability to um, switch into the clone. So, and then there's there's areas where the lights are mixing and you can't do either. So you kind of have to try to figure out what to do to get through those areas. And like you know, it just make makes the makes the adds to the puzzle element, makes it a little bit more difficult. I thought the game was really good. I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I think it was a little overpriced for when it came out. I, I mean, just, just going to ask you, is it worth the fourteen ninety nine? No, it's it's actually nineteen ninety nine. Um, uh, well, on their website, it, it's only fourteen ninety nine. For on the Wii U, it was nineteen. It's kind of weird. I feel like that's almost kind of a ripoff because if you get on the PC with Steam, you get the you get the game and the soundtrack for fourteen ninety nine, and it's DRM free. Yeah, but there, I mean, it's been out for longer on Steam for a lot longer. So I mean, at that point, it's probably dropped in price. Plus, they also did put into some work to the off-screen play, and there is actually like functionality when you don't have the off-screen play on, like where you can see your map and you can see the point uh, your points of interest without having to pull so, up a map. I guess the so question the, still lends itself. Is it still 
still worth it for that price point as opposed to 1999 as opposed to 1499 what what price point is better for it well <laughs> here, here's here's the here's my issue with the price is that every game this year that's come really before it on the eShop has kind of set like a value the the most expensive games we've really seen this year are 1499 and the, and those were the premium games like the NES Remix, NES Remix 2, Child of Light. Those were all 1499 games. Yeah, so this awesome game's games kind of going $5 up. <laughs> yeah, and, and this game's kind of going five $5 above the the you know the premium price that we've already seen this year. So I, I feel like I mean don't get me wrong it's a great game and there if you're a puzzle fan and you like these kind of games it's definitely enjoyable and it's it's worth twenty dollars no doubt if for someone that enjoys that game but for someone that's just looking around on the eShop to see what's new and if the game catches their attention then they go to the price it might turn some people off mm-hmm. uh, like because I mean you have other games out there like even Shovel Knight was fourteen ninety nine. I mean go, going back into games that have kind of set the precedence of how much you should charge on the eShop so, I kind of feel like 15's the sweet spot I'm getting the kind of impression where it sounds like it's not worth it I mean it may be if, if it is for instance like Child of Light's fourteen ninety nine. I recommend that game I would buy that instantly Shovel Knight same I thing I mean I if, if you're looking at if you're looking at would I spend five more dollars to get the game? Yeah, I would. It's it's good. Okay. It's that that's, good. That's what I was. But 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 it's it to. it becomes the problem is it, it becomes less of a um like a casual impulsive game, buy. Yeah, like survivability. Well, it's, it's not as yeah twenty dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Twenty dollars isn't impulsive anymore. Five to no. ten dollars is impulsive. Fifteen's kind of bordering. I mean, the, uh, again, like we've gotten AAA indie titles for 15 this year. That's not saying true. this isn't a AAA indie title, but 15's been like the asking price for all the top indie games. I feel so like once it hits the fact that you're going five dollars higher, people what was that? tend to go do the research, you know. Yeah, oh, of course, and I think you know, I, I think most people that buy on the eShop are probably hardcore gamers. And I, I don't know if, if that's an assumption I probably shouldn't be making, um, but I don't think yeah. average Joe gamers going and buying stuff off the eShop or going and buying stuff off the PlayStation Network. I think they're going to GameStop or Walmart and picking up their games. It's possible. I could see parents that are digitally and, and tech savvy that have it at home that are like, oh, this game's like three bucks or like five bucks or like ten bucks. Sure, I'll buy that for you. That's fine. And they put in their credit card information and they purchase it from because it saves them the trip. I mean, yeah, I, that, I that's a know. possibility. I just like, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see from Nintendo the numbers or in, in even the other companies. That would be I'm guaranteeing you the demo. I, I think the demographic that buys games, I'm going to say like from the eShops or like the, um you know, the PlayStation Network store. I'm guessing like the highest demographics probably I would say between 25 and 45 and it's probably male. I, I would say that's probably the, the demographic that's buying from those shops very cool yeah interesting i mean i might be i might be out of you know just i'm just throwing it out there it's just a guess (laughs) yeah i could be i could be but like i i I just really i don't know i just there's there's people i talk to and you know a lot of people i the the, you know between the 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 people i know it, it seems like that's usually the majority of the demographic that's buying from online games well we will see Let's, let's ask Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they won't tell us. End of the quarter. <laughs> they, they might publish some, some numbers from their, their uh, stockholders, so we can check it out then. Okay, yeah. so um, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be back after the break with Jeffrey and what he's been playing, and then we'll get into news. Sounds good. All right, talk to you. All right, talk to you. 
Welcome back, everybody. We have um, Mr. Jeffrey joining us. Hey, guys. And he was going to talk about what he played. Yeah, um, I've actually uh, <clears throat> been playing a D4, which is short for Dark Dreams Don't Die. And it's also cleverly um, named for Fourth Dimension. So, um, but anyway, it's actually from, I think it's Hedetake Suhiro's. I probably murdered his name. But um, he, his, <laughs> he's also known as Sweary or Sweary65, and he actually made the uh, Deadly Premonition game. Um, I don't know. Oh, is he like trying to rip off Suda51? <laughs> they're honestly, like, their mindset is very similar because they have off the wall ridiculous ideas that make no sense at times. So, but. Um, you know what's funny? As I'm. As I'm playing through Bayonetta 1, I know it's off topic, but I, I like there's like a couple things in there where I'm just like, man, that seems like it's a Suda 51 thing. Yeah, there's some stuff in there that's extremely odd, like really odd. <laughs> but I, I mean, well, the one thing that the one thing in Bayonetta, I'm just gonna kind of throw out there, that reminded me of that, is like you're you come up to the statue, it has like a little boy pissing, and like <laughs> so he's like holding his junk, and you see it. Well, like later on, like when you kill the enemy, the enemy like lands right in front of it, and like she shoots like gasoline into it. So it's he's like pissing gasoline on the the enemy, and then like she just like throws like a match out there, and like I, I don't know, and then like it goes out, so she like shoots the the boy right in the the junk to blow him up. It's like <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> well, that whole entire game is like off the wall. It, it, yeah. It's just, I, I honestly, I think it's it's a huge. I think it was a sleeper. Because when it came out for the PS3 and the Xbox 360, I think Bayonetta was a sleeper, to be quite honest. Like a yeah, lot... it was. It got actually, it was critically acclaimed when it came out for both of those. Exactly. And a lot of people were like, what, are you, what game are you talking about? Just the best thing to describe it as to people would be like Devil May Cry with a girl. Because it, mm -hmm. it's very similar. Or God of War. Yeah. But anyway, not to get off too topic, which we have a bad habit of doing. But um, but anyway, with D4, it, it, it was a game that was originally with the idea of having connect-only controls. But uh, they actually added you know, a feature in there where you don't have to use a connect. So for all the people that are out there wanting to buy an Xbox One and they buy the connect or the bundle without the connect for 350 bucks right now, you can still play this game without a connect. Um, I have to say, a lot of games that I've played with connect are terrible, absolutely god-awful. This game actually was really well done with the Kinect. The the uh, voice activity or I guess functionality it, it it works very well. Every time you're talking to somebody, if there's a, a sentence like whatever choices you have to say, you just literally say which sentence you want to say, and it picks it up and it responds. And um, the the motions to the game is all hand movement, so it it, it keeps you interactive, but at the same time it it kind of makes you laugh while you're doing it, and yeah, the, the Kinect always has that feeling of making you feel kind of ridiculous when you're doing things, but this game <laughs> at least kind of made it fun while you're looking ridiculous. So, but um, anyway, the whole what game. What things are you are you yelling at it or telling it to do? Well, what what Give type? Us an example. Okay, for example, um, like you have multiple choices to talk about, and. Some of them can. Are you like shoot his face or no. yes? No, or no, 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 no. <laughs> like, like it's it's conversational pieces. Like if you're actually talking to somebody. Okay. So someone is someone pretty much asking you yes or no questions, or is it more in depth than that? Oh, it's more in depth than that. I mean, there's oh, okay. like sometimes they're like you know eight to ten word sentences. So like there's actually long, long drawn out things you can talk about. Um, 
like sometimes they'll be talking and there's three different ones like there's a kind of a good side a neutral side and kind of a don't really give a crap side you know what i mean so mm-hmm. and, and it changes how the people interact with you and how they respond to you um so you could choose upon those and then of course it, it unravels the conversation seeing fit depending on the choice you chose um so but, how would you compare it to a telltale game this in terms of quality and you know like you're able to follow everything and like user friendly and just well, overall fun that you have yeah it it definitely has a telltale feel um kind of like how it has episodic content like you know this is season one so they're gonna release more to to uh, you know, I guess push the story, uh, which I'll get into in a moment. But um, the the whole, I guess, premise with Telltale is you can actually, usually you can you can move your character freely, um, but in this one you can't. It's it's more of kind of on the rails, but not in the sense where you don't have true control. For example, it's kind of like them old uh, Dungeons and Dragons types games. Like you go forward and that's it, and then you can go left, right, you know, go all the way around in a full circle type thing. And then you can go forward again or left or right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, if that makes any sense, it's kind of on rails, but it's not because you can turn, you know, um, 90 degrees each time. You can't time. deviate and explore, it sounds like, though. Yeah, exactly. You can, and there's multiple things you can actually look into. For example, you can look at this magazine or you can look at these pictures or this or that or this, um, which is going to bring me into the story part of this. Um, your name is, uh, David Young, who's actually, he was a private investigator upon, you know, doing mission or I guess a case and everything. His wife ended up being murdered. So the events of the murder has left him all traumatized. He actually can't, he can't recollect the memories of what happened. And it's, it's driving him to the point of solving the case himself and having, having to do so, he has somehow gained the ability to, uh, actually go back in time which is very odd and it's weird like oh my wife dies but now i can travel back in time for all the events to try to prevent it so it's it's really weird how it's it's brought about but the only way you can travel back in time is by finding uh, a memento for example like a like a, a police badge or anything you know like a shoe you know it, it's anything like that will bring you back into a memory and it can throw you back to that time and you can try it because the whole point is trying to find out who the killer was. And the only clue you have is um, your wife right before she was dying saying, find D, find D. And that was it. That's all you know. And mm-hmm. so you don't know what D is. And everybody you come across, a lot of them, their names start with D. So you have to kind of, you know, I guess, knock down the choices to figure out who it would be. <clears throat> and there's so many interactions. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, it's, it's a very in-depth story hard to follow and um but it's it's definitely worth checking out um i don't really want to say too much about it because if i start saying a lot about the story or anything into it i'll I'll give away a lot of what's going on and it's one of those things i want to leave it up to your imagination because how i perceive it might be different than how someone else you know takes up the the information so well yeah of course but um like i said i don't want to talk too too much about it but like i said it's it's very good and if you have a connect definitely definitely try it out with the connect definitely but if you don't um i did also play it with the other way controls which is like analog sticks and you know um like the normal buttons a b and such and forth uh it still works very well it's very uh you know sensitive and it it works perfect with it regardless so you can play it 
with or without. Either way, you're going to have a good experience. Um, and then the next game that I've actually been playing, I, I reviewed for uh, Nintendo Fever. Uh, it's actually Tengami for the Wii U. Uh, I do believe it was actually originally an iOS game, I believe. Yeah, I think I think they announced them both at the same time, but I think the iOS one came out first. Yeah, I, I think so. And and I mean, you know what? Being as that it's a hundred percent touchscreen type game, it, iOS works well. I can actually see that working really well on an iOS. Um, I I think it's 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 perfect for the way it's all set up. And the the biggest complaint I have about it though is I'm sure it's the same one as you, and is is it's too short. Yeah. Um. I I. I'm I'm reviewing it currently for Game Gravy. That should be out um, either later tonight or tomorrow. So if you're listening to the podcast, which will probably be tomorrow, uh, it'll be out, you know, today. Um, and... I have a I have a comment about the discrepancies in review, though. <laughs> what the what? The discrepancies in the Tagami review. The Tagami review. What discrepancies? The the one where um, Jeff says he finished it in a short period of time, but he really didn't. <laughs> What do you mean? I don't know. He all, all I know is he told me it took him about three hours to finish. No, but it only took me an hour I, and forty minutes. Boom! So. And then on his review, it said it took him like an hour and a half, two hours. No, Come no, on, no, Jeff. no, no. I said it yeah, took uh-huh. me under three hours. <laughs> I actually have the text yeah, message yeah. sending Go it to you. Go read your review, Jeff. Text message says under three hours, and in the, in my review, I said it took under two hours. I know. Um, I'm just giving you crap. Anyway, yeah, it, it's. Under two hours for an experienced gamer like me, but no, Apple um, <laughs> but but um, no. After I, d- I was done beating it, I uh, went back and looked at the time I took. The, uh, I was playing it, and it was it was a, literally an hour and forty one minutes. Um, so I, I mean, is that is that a, is that a negative? Yeah, but is the, is the game great? Yes, it's great as well. <laughs> so I mean, it's I, I mean I I just there's not many games that when I'm done beating I'm like man I wish there was more and this is one of them. I, I, yeah, hands I down. think that's a good takeaway. If a game is is at the end leaving leaving you with wow I wish there was more to this world I really love this game then they won and they did something good. I think yeah, if they try well, to provide too much you might be like wow that was good but it was too long. Like there's there's a very fine balance. It's hard to, it's hard to strike. Well you, you know, know I mean? well and the funny thing is about like about the you know like i'm a huge zelda fan but usually by the time i'm 40 hours in and i'm nearing the end of the game i'm kind of like okay i'm like i'm ready to finish you know what i'm saying it's just like okay let's go let's get the game finished i know like (laughs) final fantasy is like i'm huge like that on final fantasy it's like after 60 to 80 hours you're just like okay just like let me fight the boss and let's get this game over it's funny you yeah. mentioned Zelda because I actually just picked up Skyward Sword again because remember I still haven't – that's the only Zelda game I haven't beaten. So, mm-hmm. And I'm like 23 hours into it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. How much more is there? <laughs> <laughs> so – Yeah. But, but anyway. Um, so let's get back to Tim yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, being too short, I actually think that's a positive if I was reviewing this for an iOS, like the actual iPhone or something. I think that'd be a positive because a lot of the games on on your portable devices, such as like the iPhone or anything, I actually think a game that would last roughly around hour and a half to two hours that's that's perfect for a little iOS game. I think that's perfect. Yeah, I think I think the translation to the Wii U though is kind of like where it's where like you expect a bigger experience on a game console. Exactly, or or, or more content, longer like just a longer story perhaps, or maybe unlockable uh, extras or anything because 
Yeah, well, they had the um the Miiverse stamps, which I mean that was okay. Yeah. Um, the 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 whole game. Like, like, I'll we'll kind of explain what the game is because we haven't really even talked about yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, the whole game's controlled through the touchpad. Um, it that's that you can kind of tell that it you know it came from mobile roots in a way because of that. Uh, so you so you're really playing off screen play the whole time because the the TV screen's basically for observers more yeah, than it exactly. is for anything. Um. And you, you use the touchpad to make the guy walk. You don't use the buttons at all. Everything's done with, with the touchscreen. So when you're flipping the page to go to like a different area, you, you swipe the, the touchscreen. All, all the puzzles have to do with you using the touchscreen. Um, there will be one where you have to like ring bells in a certain order, get like wolves to howl in a certain order. Um, yeah, so everything like that's used used to the touch screen. There's some really clever clever puzzles later on where you kind of have to flip the pages slowly and count how many like emblems there are, and and those are some pretty cool and clever puzzles that that they threw in there. Um, uh, the probably like my favorite thing about the game though is I love the soundtrack. Like, um, it's from uh, industry vet David Wise. Most of you will know him for the Donkey Kong Country soundtrack. And he he's just phenomenal. Like he I he's probably one of my favorite composers that there is out there. So I, I and the funny thing is is like I, I was playing the I think it's the second level where you're sailing. Is that what it is in Tenkami? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so so in the second level Actually, you're no, like I think it's the first. on this. Okay, so in the third level, then there's this like area where you're sailing on this boat and it's like a little paper mache like kind of like sail on it and you're like sailing around, but like. I was listening to the music there, and I heard some stuff, and I'm like, man, this sounds kind of like Donkey Kong Country. I bet you this is David Wise. So, like, as soon as I got to the credits, I'm, like, looking for this, the composer. I'm like, it says David Wise. I'm like, yes! <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you said that, too, because, like, the, the second I started the game from the Wii U menu, and it went into it, right when it's on the very main screen for new game and options or whatever, right there, I just stopped for a second. I was like, man, this is, like, perfect music right off the bat. It's very yeah. clean, well-composed, and it's just, it, it fits. And it made me more interested. I'm like, wow, just from the music. Because sometimes that music or anything on any game could actually, you know, make you more into it. Because it, it, oh yeah, absolutely. So that's what I, I, like. I mean, I dare you to play Donkey Kong Country on on like mute and tell me it's still as enjoyable. <laughs> it, exactly, because <laughs> you kind of have to have that whole little poppy uh, tropical feel. You know what I mean? Because like it always has like that that tropically bongo type feel of music and it, and it fits. yeah it has like that jazzy swing sound exactly i love it it's, it's awesome it kind of reminds me of donkey conga <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i i love the the innovation or they put into it and, and i like the visuals i mean there's nothing too amazing about the visuals but they fit i like the watercolor look how everything looks very blended nicely and, and it seems as though you're literally enjoying an interactive pop-up book I, I like that. I like the feel. And I think the sound effects are great, too. Like uh, the creaking of the little boat. That sounds awesome. Like, everything in it sounds yeah. really great. They did a very good job creating the... Um... I guess we could just say read your review. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might as well. Because yeah. I don't have much to contribute to this since I haven't played it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you haven't, I mean, if you don't want to get it on the Wii U and you want to get it on mobile, it's it's really good, actually. It's probably, really? honestly, if, if if I had played this on the mobile phone, I would say it's probably the best mobile game I've ever played. Absolutely. And since you're okay. since you're going on a trip here shortly, anyway, Mike, you might as well pick it up and have some. You know what I mean? There you, you go. You can play it on the, on the, the plane or so. Yeah, help, help oh. Yam Yam out. <laughs> Sounds good. Will do. So, uh... 
So that that's all we've been playing this week. So let's kick it over to some news. Um, we'll start off with the um, news of a couple sales sales numbers. Um, I know one of the mo- more interesting things that we'll start out with is that uh, Call of Duty still managed to sell like 7.5 million copies across all consoles, which is a pretty huge number. I I thought it wasn't going to be that much, but uh, it still was. I think it was. that's a pretty awesome number. And I think a lot of it honestly has to contribute to the fact that um, a lot of people wanted to experience a story this time. Because usually, I mean, how many people really play the story in Call of Duty? I'm guilty of not even ever turning it on for story. I would play the multiplayer and that's it. But for some reason, the fact that they cast Kevin Spacey and that they have, um, I guess, a decent written script for the story, everyone was more interested in it. Because I guess the concept that it was behind was more, I guess, appealing. I still have no desire to play the single player. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, I, I can I can not play it and be okay because COD is COD to me, and it is what it is. But I, I had a feeling it was going to sell a lot because everybody was upset about Ghost, and they were hoping this was going to be, you know, the, the golden crown and then bring them back to liking the game again. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then the other sales figure we had was um, in the United States, Smash Brothers passed over a million uh, units in sale to become in the U.S. alone, it's the tenth uh, million selling game from Nintendo. And that, that's for that 3DS, Nintendo's published. Yeah, the yeah the tenth 3DS game to to pass the million uh, plateau in that's America. That's pretty big for a 3DS. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I'll, I'll run down the top ten list real quick. Uh, Mario Kart Seven's the number one selling 3DS game. Oh, that's that's a good um, one. Followed by Super Mario 3D Land, New Super Mario Brothers Two, then Pokemon X, Pokemon Y. Uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D, uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, Animal Crossing New Leaf. Actually, it's bumped up to number 9 already for Super Smash Bros. And then number 10 is Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds. You know, so that that's the uh, 10 games. You know what's funny, though? Having said that Mario Kart 7 was, you know that game was actually bundled with a lot of 3DSs and 2DSs. Well, that, they include bundles in there. So that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, that's probably I have, why. I have I mean, a lot of... Let's look at the overall list, exactly. not Nintendo, too, but including Nintendo. <laughs> let's see what they Yeah, have, but Nintendo <laughs> software sells more in their systems more than anything else. I, I I doubt there's anything else that's sold over a million. Maybe Monster Hunter. Well, you buy, you buy a 3DS for Nintendo. You don't buy 3ds well you buy nintendo systems for nintendo exactly (laughs) yeah no kidding you know you know what's going to hit the top 10 next year is uh i can guarantee a majora's mask will be on there guarantee oh yeah well i'm i'm sure both pokemons will be up there too so they'll probably by the end of the year they'll probably have 12 oh yeah absolutely (laughs) call of duty though too as well yeah we just did did you miss that whole conversation seven seven point five million yeah 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 and that's and that's across all platforms so That's still a pretty big number. Yeah, it is. It is. So, uh, Mike, talk about your um, impressions with WoW since that launched last week. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, no, <laughs> no pun intended. intended. Get it? Uh, so, it's been a crazy experience. Uh, it's probably one of the best expansions I've, I have experienced. Mists of Pandaria was, was really good. Um, and that kind of like set them up for understanding how people play and better stories and more content. I feel like Mr. Pandaria was like, it was so much content that it was overwhelming for people. Um, this one, they kind of gate it a little bit and they kind of walk you through 
uh, the, the introduction very nicely, but there's still so much to do and see. And I love the introductions of garrisons, which is kind of like your house that you build in your own little, um, your own little, like not village, but I guess your own like fort. <laughs> so they kind of take that from star Wars, the Old Republic. Uh, yeah, it pretty much, but it doesn't okay. operate the same way star Wars does. Not at all. That's cool. It's phased. It is phased. So it's yours, but you can have friends join you in it in a group and you could do things like garrison invasions and invade other garrisons and they can invade yours and it's kind of like you know you fight together as a team which is kind of cool but in it you can have your own crafting you get you um it kind of works like i mean it reminds me of warcraft like the original warcraft because you're you're um you're you're chopping trees for resources you're collecting resources in other places and your barracks are like constantly churning out resources that you're using and you're sending you're gaining followers as well through through quests and missions and your followers you can send them out on their own quests to level up themselves and and to bring back gold and to bring back special items that you couldn't get any other way um and when you build new things within your barracks, like I just built a tavern, um, new people travel to the ta tavern with special quests that you, when you go on, you get like unique and rare items, like whether that's a dungeon quest or a regular quest, it's pretty neat. It, it's really, it's really in depth. That's not even scratching the surface of stories. That's just its own unique facet that's heavily integrated into the gameplay. Hey, I'd like so. to actually ask a question is because, um, being that I work at GameStop as well, um, I just, I actually read on our, um, like our news page at work, it says that we're not allowed to sell Mr. Pandaria or anything anymore because if you subscribe to World of Warcraft, you get every expansion for free except for um, Warlords of Draenor. Is that true? Wow. That's amazing. Didn't, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah, because apparently... Because we're not allowed to sell it anymore, and since we're not allowed to sell it, and that was the reason why, because supposedly Blizzard's giving everybody every expansion except for the new one. I actually think that's pretty cool if they're really doing that. So. That's a great idea. I mean, and the, it, it doesn't like so when you buy the expansion, they give you a free level boost to ninety, so you're skipping through all that content anyways. But you can still go back and enjoy it if you want, and you'll be like powered to the point where you can actually enjoy it and destroy. Yeah, people. exactly. I think but. I think that's actually a good move for them, because it also might be to try to bring in some new subscribers. From what I from what I've heard on rate, like uh, I guess statistics, they've dropped significantly in uh, subscribers. So maybe it's their way of trying to bring they're, people. They're still in. in the six or seven million, dude. I don't. Oh know, no, man. they're still in there, but <laughs> I, I heard that they've actually dropped some. So. Yeah, but they were weren't they up to ten million at one point? Yeah, they were they were over ten mil easy. Maybe. I mean, I mean, do the math on that, dude. Four million times fifteen dollars a month—that's a lot of people, a lot of that's money you're lot, missing out a lot on. Of money. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, a whole lot of money. I mean, but they have other games too that they're getting people on too. So I think they're retaining their their customers in different ways. You know, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd I can see well, that think breakout. It's probably about know? time for them to switch it over to World of Warcraft 2, though. I mean, that game's been out for 10 years now. I mean, what did they do? They just did yeah, a visual overhaul. Did, That's what they did. I was going to say, with Warlords, they did a huge visual overhaul with all their, their characters and NPCs and models and everything. So oh, it looks cool. like a brand new game. I mean, the graphics are hugely enhanced, and they, they patched it tremendously. So That's they cool. said there will not be a World of Warcraft 2. That's, it's not going to happen. So oh, they're, they're just going to keep releasing expansions, I guess? Yeah, well, they're going to keep building and improving their base code and fixing everything. If I you mean, can, they can easily do that. Since they overhauled it visually, just for like this one expansion, which technically, 
from the overhaul, you can technically go back and play the other expansions and they'll be overhauled as well visually. So with that, I, I think that's the same thing as a World of Warcraft 2. Because if they're, if they're already upgrading... Because I've seen before and after pictures of, like, say, the orcs or, or the humans or whatever. They look totally different. And it's it, there's much more yeah. detail in them. So I have, to, I have to give them that. So it does look like an actual sequel as opposed to just an and expansion. Not only not only that, they had... If you watched anything in BlizzCon, they had changes to classes, changes to itemizations, changes to how the numbers work. And, like, literally they rewrote their number engine and crunched all the numbers down so everything worked appropriately. So they're pretty much rewriting a lot of the, the base code and, and improving on it. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. And they're making so it better to play and more fun. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on to a different expansion for the Wii U. Mario Kart. That uh, I know me and Mike were playing it. I, I don't know where Jeff was at, but uh, I, I, we were playing some. I was actually. I'll, I'll be hundred percent honest. I'll admit it. Um, I was uh, I was getting wrecked by Holly from Infendo. She was wrecking me online. <laughs> I actually I, I wasn't out. able to join that game, unfortunately. I was I was still uh, I think I was working, and then when I came home, it took. Was it just me? I don't I don't know, but it took forever to download the DLC. Well, what I, I don't did... know if everybody was hitting it at the same time, or I had to just double patch or some something. No, what, what, was going what, on it was it. a double patch because yeah. it, it went up to it went up to um it went up to uh, version three at the same time as the they launched the DLC, so you had to download both that separately. Makes... Yeah, yeah, which that I, makes more sense. I, I, I mean, was frustrated with that. That did get on to me, but I was just like, ah, whatever. But then we got into playing it, and it was it was tons of fun. I mean, I of course, me being a big Zelda guy, I, I chose Link, and of course, it's awesome. Every time I try to do a, um, what is it like a I guess a, a trick, he throws up his sword, <laughs> and he's just yeah, like yeah. swings his sword around him. Yeah, but you, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you agree. With, I, I just want to point this out. I don't know if this is inappropriate or not, but how many times have you played as Link yet, Ant or Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Have you heard like when he gets into it, he gets a super speed? Does it sound like he says "Hell yeah"? Like, he's like "Hell yeah!" Like I, I'm. T- yeah, it does. Instead of, instead, of, instead of saying like "Yeah," it sounds like he's saying "Hell yeah." <laughs> it, it's like it was so <laughs> yeah, funny. I, I noticed laughing. that. I just laughed. I thought they did that on purpose. I don't know. He's uh, a lot larger than everybody else too, which kind of looks awkward and weird when you're yeah. racing to people. When he's he in a like cart, a it looks funny. If he's in a, like a go yeah, kart, his, his knees it, are so. It high does up. look a little funny. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Yeah. They so what, what was your guys' favorite bit. track? Um, hmm. I I actually liked the um, I like the excitement. The Oriental one. Which one was that? Oh, the the dragon one. Yeah, I like that, that one. That was sick. racist. <laughs> what? That music was all racist. <laughs> racist. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, the but... dragon one was great i really enjoyed mute city i think mute city is my favorite it was awesome and I, was I like cool how too. you can jump on the side where it technically would heal yourself like an f-zero but really it gives you coins i like that yeah it, it, exactly it takes like um it takes elements from the game and i love in the hyrule castle level where if you hit oh, the yeah, three was... uh, yeah, and goes, i love the coins being rupees like that was yeah. that was pretty well, amazing i also love when you hit the three like um tr- the which we call it the diamond blocks. It, it opens up the, a center the shortcut yeah. in the middle. I thought that yeah. was that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, just yeah. little cool subtle touches like that. Um, I was a little disappointed with the ice level. I thought it could have been better. And yeah. um, I like the retro levels though. I thought those were really good too. Um, Yoshi was okay. Excite bike wasn't bad. It was actually I love better than Excite I thought it was. Level. That was one of my favorite ones. I actually. Oh, Excite bikes. Excite bikes fun because it's a big old like cluster. Stuff. It's fun to jump up all those ramps. Well, yeah, but the, you know? the whole entire time, all you're doing is tricks, which gives you that little mini boost, which is fine by me. So but... I loved it. I don't know. 
<laughs> I guess I, I could have quoted can. Jeff's game. It's a big old uh, fluster cluck. <laughs> I don't even want to talk yeah. about that. How about we not? How about we not taint this podcast with that game? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right. well but um, said. I thought I thought Rainbow Road was I thought I, it was actually pretty fun. I was I was disappointed because I was like, oh man, another Rainbow Road. But like you know, it doesn't even seem like a Rainbow Road because it's, it goes no. so quick. And, oh, yeah. like, I love the fact that the Thwomps, like, totally wreck that level and make it, like, it, I mean, bo- most of the time you're not that even racing on level. That was my favorite level. It, was, it just pissed I me off because, like, cause, like I-, I wasn't used to it. I was flying off the edges, and I just did not like it. I was like... Oh, I, I disagree. I, I don't know. I like that level. You know my least favorite is the ice post you're good, and then you're good at probably that, Yoshi. You're, you're good at all the Rainbow Roads, so you're, you're kind of biased in a way, too. Like, I, I just, I've never been good at Rainbow Roads. It doesn't matter... Which Mario Kart? I've never been good at them. You just gotta. Uh, well, all, the the one common theme with usual usually on Rainbow Roads is there's usually no walls. Yeah. Of so course. if yeah. if you if you go flying off, you're you're like basically gonna be toast. The best thing you could really do is you really need to learn the level design and start your drifts early. That's yeah. that's the biggest like strategy for for Rainbow Roads. You just really need to make sure that you're drifting before you even get to the turn. That way you're kind of cutting it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I did notice that on certain levels, like the ones where you're up on the walls and there's music everywhere. I forget yeah. what level that was. I thought um I thought Wario's uh Goldmine was really good. Yeah, it was. I thought I, I really enjoyed that it track. Was cool. Um you know what's yeah, weird though? It's it's odd playing the Wii games without the half pipes. Cuz I remember that game had some oh, really yeah. cool half pipes by the um sure. by the finish line. But like it, the they took one? out like all the, the half pipes. has that kind of where you're driving on the wall. Well, yeah, but it's it's different. Like on on the Wii version, you would go up the wall, and then like at the peak of your of like the half pipe, when you start coming down, you'd boost, and like oh, that was like I a see. that was a way to get a boost. But they they took all the half pipes out, which was kind of weird because I liked the mechanic. I thought it was kind of cool. It would have been it would have been nice to see them bring it back for a couple levels. Yeah, you never know. They might. Who knows? It might it might be in the next yeah, one. You I, never know. Yeah, it just makes me interested yeah. to see what they're going to do for the next one. Because I, I really thought we were going to get 4 and 4, but we actually got 5 original and 3 retro. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with getting new levels. Yeah, absolutely. I hope we get a Toad Treasure Tracker level. That would be so <laughs> sick. You never know. Oh, a, they have another, another expansion. Or a Splatoon uh, level. That would be really cool. Yeah. Man, I mean, it's, it's Splatoon, probably branching man, out geez. too far right now, but you never know. Because, I mean... They can... How could you not be all over Splatoon? Did you not watch the... I bet you you still haven't watched it, Mike. I bet I you haven't. I played it, dude, at E3. No, but I'm talking about the new, uh, the new the new, trailer. Yeah, I, I did see that one. Okay, then I don't understand how you can't be excited about that game. It looks it's so cool, good. It's cool, but I, it's, I don't know. <laughs> hey, Anthony, <laughs> like... I, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll play with you. Mike won't, Okay, but I'll play it. That's fine. <laughs> we'll be Splatooning it up. Yeah, do you want to move over into right. the, uh, the little bugs? What little bugs? The bugs and the next part games. of news: bugs and Sonic. <laughs> oh, you're talking about? Oh man. So um, yeah, like it seems like every game that li- launched in the last week uh, came out with some heavy-duty bugs in them. Absolutely. It, 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 and... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think they all in unity had bugs together. It was a collection of bugs. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. 
Oh. Yeah, I heard oh, a lot yeah. of people saying don't even buy Assassin's Creed Unity because of that. It's not worth it right now. Until they well, they're, they're, they're going to patch it. Um, basically, you're going to pay $60 to be a beta tester for a while if you buy the game now. Um, and if you want Master Chief Collection, don't look forward to playing online because it's broken. Well, 343 <laughs> actually, I know, right? 343 actually came out and said that their goal is this Wednesday. So on the 19th, they're saying that they should have their patch released to where everybody can get into matchmaking without a problem. So that is to be seen still, So, but that that's what they're talking about so far. Yeah, I just don't understand how you can release a game that you know, it's broken out, especially the online. It's so integral to well, your yeah. Halo experience. That's the that... number one reason why people bought Halo was simply to have a hundred maps that you can play. And that right there was the biggest selling feature for anybody that bought it. So in more news has been coming about on why Sonic is so buggy and, and so, um, disappointing is I guess like half of the workforce at uh, big red button was like, let go like in the middle of production of the game. Really? Yeah, it, I was like reading it, it today. The, they were talking about it. They had to do budget cuts or something. Yeah, they had to do like budget cuts, and basically half the workforce let go. So it's kind of it probably just got rushed through just to get the game out. That's not that's that sucks because I remember you were really looking forward to it. Like, yeah, I thought it looked good. I thought it looked like a you know kind of like a Ratchet and Clank kind of game, but within you know within the Sonic it world. Had like online multiplayer. I thought it was gonna be good, it? but what was that? Wasn't it supposed to have like online co-op or something? I I don't know if it's if it made it for the online, but I I know it has local co-op, and uh, I don't know. I, you know, I've, I've I've read a couple people's opinions on it online, and and they said it's not as bad as all the reviewers are making it out to be. It's probably but like another I, I don't know. World. It's it, it's it's probably yeah. Like I'm I'm not gonna spend fifty dollars on a Sonic game though, and just to be disappointed. So I I'll, I'd rather spend forty on Captain Toad. Absolutely. I mean that one's just a couple weeks away anyway. Exactly. So. But other than that, I mean, but uh, and I know, I know. So let no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and like with Unity, I mean, they've already patched it a couple times, and I guess they're they're even working on one more patch that's supposed to overhaul it completely, to 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 make it where, because I guess apparently Arno, who's the main character, has been getting stuck in actual walls or in in buildings. They've just been getting stuck, and then yeah, also um, so like. A friend of mine, he's been playing, and he said it just it creeped him out because he was walking, and some of the NPCs, because there's so many on the screen at one time, that one of their faces is all like mumble jumbled, it kind of look like a monster. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of people so, posting pictures of that online. Yeah, he was like, but was um, creepy. <laughs> so this week uh, we have coming out is Far Cry 4, WWE 2K15, Super mm-hmm. Smash Brothers for the Wii U, and the Amiibos are all launching this week. So we're gonna ha- we'll have our opinions on those games next week and our impressions i know i'll be getting smash um i already have wwe coming to me through gamefly so i'm pretty excited about that they pretty sent sweet. it early to me yeah yep and then um i'll give you my impressions on the amiibos as well yeah i, I got quite a few of them i'm picking up um not as many as i'd want but honestly kind of got a penny pinch here and there so <laughs> so yeah and that's all the news we have for tonight um we were going to do a bonus segment, but we actually have to cut it short, so we will do the bonus segment next week. Good. And that it's that's going to be um, our favorite video game soundtrack slash scores. So you can look forward <laughs> to that. Also, um, within the next month, we should be having um, our video game awards, and this will be our first annual Game Gravy Video Game Awards. So that's kind of yeah. 
exciting we'll be doing yeah that'll be something we do every year um the show that we do for the podcast will kind of mimic what we put on the site but you'll be able to hear us talk about you know why we like the games rather than just reading a paragraph on on why we like the game so honestly like i will probably dedicate that whole episode to just the award show yeah or you know what we could probably do is maybe we'll even do like a, a reward show podcast and then we'll actually have our normal podcast you know what I mean? They're, yeah, like I mean, we'll, 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 fig- we'll figure it we'll out. Fi- we'll yeah, we'll figure it, it out as it comes. But yeah, until next week, guys. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and um, we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Take care, everyone. Bye. Peace.